Hello, before we begin, this episode of The Nanny contains discussion of mental health, which means we discuss it on the podcast. We talk a little bit about our own mental health history, as well as mental health in general. Um, wanted to give you a heads up of that before we begin. Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny, a podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben, and I'm Mandy, and I'm old. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is your last day. If I mean, by the time that this comes out, you'll have been old. I'll be bones and dust already. Yeah. Um, but we are recording this on the day before my birthday. Yeah. So happy uh, early and then late birthday. Thank I you. Yes. Whenever you listen back to edit this, we've also it's been a bit since we have uh, done a recording. It's like two, three weeks for us. Yeah. Because we have enough episodes in the can. Yes. Though. Yeah. Because we're smart and organized. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, not so organized, because we immediately <laughs> ran out of, like, space of, like, we were supposed to have more in the can. Yeah. But, hey, we're we're doing it. We we're are here. doing it. What is it that we are here for? Uh, well, we're watching the uh, the 90s American sitcom The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. Yes. And this week we watched episode seven of we season one. Episode seven, which is called i want to say it's just called imaginary friend i think it is just called imaginary yes friend. it is yeah. just called imaginary friend um so if you're watching the show on hbo max it's not gonna be episode seven because hbo max is doing its own thing with the episode check order check as to what hbo max has it on sure oh it is actually episode seven. Oh, nice oh it's the it's a daily double yes <laughs> It's episode seven of season one on the DVD and on HBO Max. The same, so the previous episode also matched up. Oh, nice. Yeah. So maybe the rest of the season, question mark, question mark, question mark? No. No. Well, uh, beans. It does it like somewhat it does, mm. but it also puts more episodes in this season than are actually in this season. So It's interesting that it's doing that. Yeah. I don't know what HBO is up to. No. But if you are watching on HBO Max, this episode happens by sheer circumstance to be episode 7, as it is on the DVDs. So let's dive on in. The pre-title sequence is a cold open on this episode, as they, they frequently do. And it is Maggie on the guitar. Oh, guitar? How much that's, of that did I get? That's not right. how the show opens, even. No, it's 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 Maggie on the keyboard on the piano. No, that's not how it starts. Is she but not? There's a there's a bit before that where Gracie is having therapy with her doll. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. I was getting ahead of myself. Yeah. I think the thing I, I I'm fascinated by most about this scene is the clothes that Fran is wearing are so utterly unlike anything else she wears. Not just in this episode, but in the show, like. It's much more casual. Yes, it's a very casual outfit. I recently, an article was published a couple weeks ago, which is probably like a month by the time that this episode comes out, but it was with the uh, costume designer for the series and talking about like favorite episodes. And part of it is she talked about, because there were so many mm. outfits that she has to do that she kind of just has a formula mm. of having a turtleneck sweater and then either a cocktail dress or a pencil skirt 
and like a vest mm. or something like that yeah and opaque tights and it was always something of the main thing is having like the cocktail dress that is very fancy and forward but then putting a turtleneck underneath it so that it's not too like sexual right. for because she's supposed to be a nanny yeah and so that's how you kind of just get into like there's a pattern of what all these outfits are yeah but in these earlier episodes it's definitely a bit like there's more variation yeah this is just stuff. a big sweater this is yeah. a very and a very <laughs> brightly colored and nice sweater yeah it looks cozy yeah yeah but she sees gracie playing with her dolls and he's like oh you're playing with your dolls and uh gracie kind of scoffs and like you're playing huh we're in group therapy (laughs) (laughs) the theme of the episode is basically dealing with gracie being in therapy Mm -hmm. and being the weird kid but this whole opening fran is just very like just plays into the whole like yeah they're all in therapy and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep the bit up yeah. And talk about Barbie's troubles. It seems Ken found out that Barbie had a fling with G.I. Joe right before Desert Storm. <laughs> Poor Ken. Poor Barbie. One little indiscretion in 30 years and it cost her the dream house. The whole bit just feels like, friend, that's just for you. You're just having fun. And it's, you, you might be mildly traumatizing a six-year-old and possibly even warping their perception of how relationships work. She is six. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, particularly because this is an episode that focuses a lot on Gracie's relationship mm. with therapy, of what would otherwise be like the funny bit of like, oh, actually, this kid's kind of messed up. Mm. And everything you say is kind of affecting it more. But no, this this proves to be uh, thematic for the episode at large. And thankfully, uh, this is a show that deals with the concept of mental health, uh, with uh, kindness and nuance. And uh, it comes from a very kind of informed position uh, with regards to mental health. I think it actually does a really, really good job. We're of kidding. We're kidding. Relying. It's a lie. It's, it's a lie. It's, it's, bad. Not, it's, all it's bad. not good. Though I will say in its defense as we go on, because um, I mean, definitely as a heads up, if you are someone dealing with mental health issues, there are a lot of... There are a lot of jokes throughout. Um, There's a lot of not great language talking Mm. about the mentally ill. I do think overall the message of this episode um, does turn around into something that is a bit more like, it's a bit more positive overall. And it's one of those episodes where it deals with like Fran's perception of these people and Spoilers for the episode, Fran is kind of wrong Yeah. in this episode. So it does, you're going to spend a half hour of kind of mocking the mentally ill and the mentally ill trying to get treatment. So if that's something that you're extra sensitive to, this may not be an episode that you want. But in fairness, if it's something that you can watch, I think that it does pay off in the end. Um, So it's still, to me, it's still a valid episode to be seeing. Anyway, we do get, so then we do the credits, and then we have Maggie on the not guitar. Yeah, Maggie playing, I believe it's called a piani. The Pino. Yeah, Pino. A Pino Grigio. <laughs> um, and she's playing Heart and Soul, which famously begins with the same note three times. And somehow she's fucking up that third note. 100% of the time. It's a bum note. Let's listen to it right now. Just 
stop playing. It's torture. How is she? That's the same note. She's having to deliberately move her hand on that third note. How do you mess that? Like, I took piano lessons. You, you you're not going to do that. Oh, you're just bragging about how you got piano lessons because your family loved you. A bit. <laughs> not a lot. Come on now. I've, I've got trauma. It's one of those weird things where the show wants us to see Maggie struggling to an extent that it is unpleasant to hear. Yeah. But it's a I, weird song to you, pick. You, I mean, I get it in the sense of you need an audience to know yeah. that even if you're not a musical person, it's easy for you to tell, like, Heart and Soul has a very predictable mm. bit, so you know that this note is wrong. Yeah. Whereas if she's playing something else, I don't... I'm an idiot. I, I'm not going to know if the note's wrong. Heart and Soul, I know if the note's wrong because it's the same note. So I get it in the sense of that. Also, previously when uh, we talked in our first episode, we were talking about Maggie's actress. And I wrongly assumed that Maggie was much older. Priscilla Cooks on Instagram, uh, they pointed out along with some other things because they have a lot more info about the show one of the things maggie was maggie's actress was 15 when this was 15 wow so she's actually like in like of the age wow for this character so that's something that yeah. i long assumed i just wanted to want to point that out there's some other little bits in there which neither of us are uh f- factoid people uh because like i sort of grew up with the show but just kind of watching it yeah you didn't really grow up watching the show you grew up with second hand with the show and so part of us doing this is our watching it now and our perceptions of that yeah. so i don't like i'm not necessarily thinking that we're going to be a wikipedia article for it but i am if there's additional info that does affect things i am always very interested yeah. in hearing it so that's a shout out to yeah Tell us when we're wrong on Instagram. Yeah, do please. Um, th- speaking of when we're wrong, this has nothing to do with when we're wrong. This is when the show is wrong. And I think one of the one of the things that I'm interested in doing on this podcast is talking about the quality of the writing because I do think the quality of the writing is a lot better than uh, I think than people give it credit for. But I think that things like the the, the bum note in Heart and Soul as a production thing that I think lets it lets it down for me because it, it, it's one of those things where I feel like that's not a bum note you would hit. And I get it's recognizable like as a shorthand, three notes, third note is fucked up. Like I get it, but it just it's also not believable that that would be the bum note. I I, I, I disagree. I feel like that goes into like a CinemaSins kind of thing mm. of like it makes sense for that, but just in the thematic, like the reason why they did it is so that when I when someone hears it who doesn't you don't have yeah. to know that song to know that it's being played wrong to know like that's why they're cringing and it's also yeah. that's the perfect moment to have that cringe yeah and I don't like so yeah it doesn't make any sense that that's where she would be doing it wrong but the bit is as a good. shorthand yeah like the, I get and, it and the bit is better like the place where everyone is kind of because it's Maggie playing the bum note and then everyone like kind of does the shutter when she does it wrong it doesn't like that's where that bit goes yeah my concern when uh when i talk about this stuff is i don't want to turn into mike mcfly uh our friend mike who he hates all action movies he hates all action movies because he doesn't find the fight choreography believable to which my response is always yeah no it's it's a movie michael they're making a movie and they're gonna do fight choreography that they think looks good not necessarily what is realistic he also doesn't like sitcoms because he, he thinks well if people just communicated with each other this wouldn't happen yeah but then there wouldn't be a show 
So I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to become one of those people for whom, oh, it's unrealistic. I'm not going to watch this. It's bollocks. But that bum no bugs me in 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 a way other than the way it's supposed to. <laughs> but let's move past it. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, um, so, but anyway, so that's just going to be like a running thing of you just hear uh, Maggie. Me complaining. Oh, no. The... <laughs> Maggie continuing to play the piano badly. But meanwhile, Gracie is playing checkers and she's doing it all by herself and talking to no one. Or did I? Don't. Don't be, don't be Gracie's imaginary friend. You're 35. no, I'm not trying to be. You're 35. Don't be an imaginary. No, I'm not going to be Gracie's. I'm not going to be Gracie's imaginary friend. We do actually have as a guest, by the way, we do have Gracie's imaginary friend, uh, Imogene. Yes, Imogene. Imogene, thank you for joining us. Um, when when you got the script for this episode, well, obviously, well, let's start with the the, the checker scene. Um, what did you? What were your thoughts reading that scene? Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah. that was a bit of a that was a bit of an improv for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any? Uh, do you have any any funny stories from from being on set? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would get me too. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's it was really like just a wonderful thing being there and really feel your presence. Yeah, yeah, we'll be checking in with you periodically through the episode, but so this kind of re- this episode, this scene kind of establishes that Gracie has an imaginary friend named Imogene who she plays games and she plays checkers. She's going to go play uh, hide and seek. Yeah, there's a delightful bit where uh Gracie being super surprised if she closes her eyes cuz Imogene's the one hiding and looks and be like, "Where'd she go?" She's so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a lovely little moment. Is there judgment in this scene for the imaginary friend? Um, there's a a little bit, like, uh, some scoffing yeah. from Fran. And I believe that because the next bit is then cutting to Gracie in therapy. Yes. Uh, Fran is picking up from therapy, which is something that has been mentioned, like, in the first episode got mentioned that Gracie yeah. goes to therapy regularly. And now we actually see that place. And the, the name of the therapist is that ever so common name. Very common name. Bort. Yeah. Dr. You- Bort. Bort. Oh, come on, Bort? You can't move for, for Borts, in, certainly in LA. Yeah, there's a, it says it right on the sign on her door. Dr. Bort. Yes. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. The scene is not great, because it's, it's Fran waiting for Gracie whilst making the, possibly the people who are there to have their therapy session experience microaggressions about their mental health. Yeah. Or well, macroaggressions kind of as well. Yeah, just kind of blatantly mocking everyone else in the room. There is, I do like the joke of, um, she just point to one woman who has like a very expensive handbag. Alligator handbag, 2,000 bucks. <laughs> we should all have her problems. <laughs> Which, yes, rich people also have poor mental health, but... They do have $2,000 handbags. Yeah. <laughs> but like, fair, fair. And there is a thing, and I do get Fran's kind of idea of rich people not wanting to actually handle their problems. Like, I'm just going to pay a, a therapist a bunch of money to just throw money at the problem. That's not necessarily fair for all therapy, but yeah, that is a, a criticism that is a bit. Mm. And fuck rich people. <laughs> but also the idea that a, a lot of what Fran says in this scene and in subsequent scenes seems very much to be a, 
there's, there's opposition to the concept of mental health. Yes. There's a lot of just kind of like brushing the stuff off and assuming like you don't have a real problem. Yeah. You don't need to be here. You're just paying a bunch of money. Gracie comes out of the there's office. She's still talking to Imogene. Come on, Imogene. Lunchtime. Stage deli? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> That's after a $150 session. There's a bit of a misconception of what therapy is yeah. from Fran at least again I do think that later on this show has a bit of a reframing of that but from Fran's perspective is like oh you're not immediately cured of this imaginary friend problem so all of this is bullshit yeah it's not necessarily great sorry Giorno the cat is very much being affectionate and rubbing his head against my legs. He doesn't want an Annie podcast. He wants a pet, pet the boy podcast. Pet the boy podcast, which I've been doing. Uh, I'm going to have on my lap for a bit. So the next scene is Maxwell and Cece at the house looking at costume designs and on the phone with a costume designer. There he goes. Goodbye, DiGiorno. On the phone with a costume designer, Maxwell trying to be very kind of diplomatic in his dislike. Yeah, trying, trying to do that compliment sandwich thing. Yeah. Of uh, like, oh, you did this. You colored so well in the lines. Yeah. And then Cece is just, you're a talentless hack and everyone should hate you. And They're grotesque. You couldn't design a diggy, you talentless hack. <laughs> he hung up on me. <laughs> then Bran comes in to uh, interrupt things and mostly to talk to Maxwell mm. about like, hey, uh, Gracie has an imaginary friend. Maybe she should have less therapy. Yeah, and her um, her assumption is that, like, oh, the therapy is the reason that she has yeah. the imaginary friend. She needs less therapy and more just being a kid, and then it'll yeah. just go away. And part of that, there's a lot of, like, mocking of Cece in this bit, and it's in service of Cece says that she is the one that recommended this therapist, and they're like, oh, well, Cece's messed up so clearly this isn't a good thing yeah I mean, for, for me I, I actually kind of think this scene f for me is worse than the previous scene because Cece is a character who we're not supposed to like Cece so when we hear Cece say well I recommended that she have therapy and I, I have I've been seeing a therapist for 20 years that it, it feels to me like it's being framed as well Cece endorses it Cece was the catalyst for it happening therefore it is the bad choice yeah and i i i struggle with that i str i struck i can deal with fran like taking pot shots at the concept of therapy and then having a uh come to jesus moment at the e end of the episode which doesn't quite happen but like she i think she sees the benefits of therapy but i don't like the idea of the show using cc to say the six-year-old being in therapy is a bad idea yeah that's and, that's bad for yeah. me. Yeah. It's not a great bit overall. Then we have just just bits cookies. just bits everywhere. Yeah. Uh yeah, cookie cookies. Bit. Which by the way, we have cookie dough and we're gonna make cookies after we finish recording. Yeah, uh, we've just been eating the cookies. You just it's that pre segmented we've just been pulling squares off and yamming it. Yeah. They're talking apparently Gracie has not had her therapy today. They just went out and they had a good day. And Fran is very confident of like, look, the kid's fine. I the kid didn't need therapy at all. I was absolutely right. And then yeah, well, Imogene is there, and there's yeah. a bit of uh, Fran, like, having to take care of, like, don't sit on Imogene, and, like, give her, like, a place to sit and do everything, and then Maxwell comes in, and 
that's when Fran is doing her bragging. Like, oh, yeah, we had a great time. We went shopping. We did stuff. Like, we just did retail therapy. Yeah. We don't need we don't need real therapy because apparently Fran is my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Fran eats a cookie. Yeah, Fran casually eats a cookie. And Gracie screams her heads off because uh, Fran has eaten. Fran has eaten Imogene. There is a lengthy scene which again, very loose, Lucille Ball. Yeah, it is a great bit. I know that they have talked about that this is a point where we're like moving forward, like, oh, we need to have a lot of physical comedy in the yeah. show because it is a it is an amazing scene to watch because Max and Fran are frantically trying to quote unquote rescue Imogene, but obviously they can't see her and don't really have any awareness of what size that she is supposed to be. So we're trying to help. Uh, there's a gross little bit when... It's very heavily implied that Maxwell may have put his 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 fingers up Imogene's butt or bajingo. Yeah, uh, whatever whatever Imogene got. Yeah, Maxwell was all up in it. They're trying to rescue, and Fran does this like they do CPR, and then Fran like does gets the... two saucepan lids and does the paddles. Yeah, the the shocky the shocky thing yeah. that you see on ER. What? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. The shocky thing on I can't ER. remember what they're called. I know that they're a collectible in Left 4 Dead 2. And <laughs> she did the collectible in Left 4 Dead Left, 2. Left 4 Dead 2 that you can use to resurrect a dead person. Um, and then Maxwell and Fran, like, they're high-fiving and they're, they're like, yeah, We all, did it! We did it! And uh, Grace, like, Gracie announces that Imogene has died. And then they have to have a funeral for her. The funeral comes uh, as a result of Maxwell and Fran going to Gracie's room to talk to her. And she's with her dollhouse and she has all these fantastic little lines. I keep expecting her to walk through that door. It's so much fun. And Fran and Maxwell don't really know what to do. And through talking in the hall, they come to the conclusion or Fran comes to the conclusion because again... Fran is the person who's the problem solver on this show. Um, we need a funeral. She needs closure. So we have a funeral. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to a funeral. We have Heart and Soul being played by uh, Maggie on the piano in the minor key. <laughs> uh, we have... Which I do. So there's a bit throughout here that even the... Even the theme music, like, just throughout the episode, is still basically heart and soul. Like, they're just doing, like, they just, they keep with that throughout. Yeah. It is a heart and soul filled episode. Yeah. Gracie wants to bury Imogene in Fran's shoes. Yeah. uh, Which Fran is not too happy about, but Fran is the murderer here, so. She doesn't get a say. We get a fun call back to this later. Mm -hmm. And uh, Maxwell has to say some words at the funeral because Fran says it would be inappropriate appropriate of her to deliver the eulogy because she ate Imogene. But then at the same time, uh, Maxwell says like three words and then gets a phone call. And then it was yes. like, I, great, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm like, there's stuff about, and I think that this might also be like what Fran's perception of things are, where they have like, oh, uh, Gracie has to go to therapy and do all these things. But part of that is that Gracie has an absent father in Maxwell. Mm. And if maybe Maxwell be like, yeah, she probably should also go to therapy. Having a, a father that's present would also help a wee bit, maybe. Just a little bit, yeah. But guess who's on the phone? 
It's Dr. Bort. Bort! We need more Bort license plates in the gift shop. I repeat, we are sold out of Bort license plates. But then they all decide to go to the therapist. They all decide to go to a therapist. Yes. So first, then they're back at the therapist's office, back at Bort's place. Gracie is in the therapist's office while Maxwell and Fran are in the lobby. There's more... Uh, a mocking of the other people there, including uh, so a good nod of like, oh, couples counseling is fake. If you're in couples counseling, then uh, your relationship's just yeah. bad. The guy in this looks like the character that uh, John C. Riley plays on Adult Swim. The kind of the guy with the glasses <laughs> yeah. and the big frizzy hair. I can't remember the name of the character. My sister Dana died in this robe. Oh, has it been cleaned? Oh, yes, it's been cleaned. Okay, all right. She died on the first wheel. There's a fun, hee hee ha ha hoo they're trapped in a loveless marriage. Kind of funny humor. He's definitely trapped. He wants to get out. And uh, she does not. And she's very controlling. I've been in a relationship with this woman. Not this woman specifically. That would be weird. Uh, but, th- but but someone like that. And I did manage to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Then they do get called in to the therapist's office. And Fran has been uh, very anxious about this because she's assuming, like, they're all just going to blame me for this. They're just going to yeah. blame all of Gracie's problems on the nanny. It's the nanny's fault. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the therapist's office. And this is the bit that I really enjoyed because yeah. the, the therapist is very chill very very chill very friendly very accommodating and is what so i have been in therapy i am not i am currently finding another therapist because i've had some changes to my insurance you've been in therapy for a bit but like this is what therapy is actually like and if nothing else like it's not what you would expect from like what a sitcom therapist is it's just a normal person. Yeah, everything I know about therapy I learned from Frasier. <laughs> which was a recurring topic in the first six months worth of, of sessions with my therapist. I remember seeing my therapist now for nearly two years. Oh wow. And yeah, this is a this is this scene isn't really played for comedy. Like Fran has some responses, but it's a really kind of kind of gentle and if any like the only uh, bit so throughout this as they're talking with the therapist Fran is being offered cookies, and the joke is that she is too wary to eat cookies. So the therapist talks to Fran and Maxwell, and we find out Gracie started going to therapy after her mother died, which is a good fucking reason to go to therapy, and a good reason for Cece to recommend a therapist. Yeah, it's also, that's also, as Maxwell points out, shortly after her mother dying is when she started seeing Imogene for the first time. Yeah. When Imogene first started appearing as her imaginary friend. So it's like this great little bit of, um, because this entire episode we've just had what Fran's perception is and she has some preconceived notions of what therapy is and just assumption of like, oh, just the therapy is the reason why she has an imaginary friend and pathologizes everything and does all the stuff. And like, could be that her mom died. Could be a little bit. Yeah, and it might be that being able to go to therapy, she has a language to kind of express what that is. And yeah. It's kind of weird that it's a, a small child with that language, but that's just because we don't really give people the language to say what's going on with them. And then when we do give them that language, we deride them for speaking about their mental health. Yeah. So they invite Gracie back in, and the therapist talks to Gracie, and... Uh, helps Gracie come to the realization mm. that 
this whole death thing was really Gracie letting go of Imogene because she doesn't need Imogene yeah. anymore because she has Fran with her. Yeah, it's, and that's actually kind of really nice. It's another one of those. We've I feel like we've had this with pretty much every every one of the children. I think this is. I think we've even had this a little bit with with, with Gracie kind of friend bonding, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the the, the big one really. The, in the idea of the you know these are children who have lost their mother. These are children who uh, lost their mother at a for Gracie a very very young age, and for her to feel comfortable enough to not just let. Fran in, but to let go of Gracie, uh, not of Gracie. <laughs> to let go of herself, to just different. release herself into the just, just kind of let herself go, uh, to let go of Imogene. Like that's a big deal in like not just her relationship with this new nanny, but like in terms of personal growth. Yeah, it's something like I, again because this is an episode. In the previous few episodes, what the build up is to this one, I am not expecting a good healthy analysis of like what a kid's therapy is and like what that mental health is like oh this is actually a very good thing like they identify like here's this reason why she has this imaginary friend here's the process of her letting go of that imaginary like when that imaginary friend goes away like helping her process the things like it's really nice yeah and it's it's a very natural thing. It's not a. It's not an after-school special of telling us like here's childhood development. It's and not too sitcommy. Yeah, it's not too sitcommy, but it's also not too outside. Like it's not a. It's not the very special episode type thing. Yeah. It's like we all have to stop and talk about. It. Like it's. It fits very naturally. Yeah. In the development of it, but it. It's something that. The show, and particularly everything else that this episode had been, would not have led me to believe that this was what the ending yeah. would be. And that's, again, um, in case you haven't seen the episode yet, and maybe you like wanted to keep listening to us to hear, like, oh, Mandy gave a warning but said that you should watch the episode anyway. This is why. Because yeah. it very much comes back around. It becomes a thing where... Then for me, it's okay for Fran to have those negative opinions and like yeah. have that negativity toward uh, therapy. Because she see, gets to see the benefits of it. She gets to see the benefits of it. And it's something of like, well, we're following, that's her perspective of it. And she gets corrected. Yeah. I, I think the only thing I would have, the only thing I would have liked to have seen is a little bit more of her like acknowledging that she had kind of shitty, a shitty opinion about mental health, and I think I think the there's a, it's a fine line to walk incorporating that and not having it, as you say, sound you know like like an after school special. Yeah. But Fran never really kind of voices or expresses any kind of not necessarily regret, but like she she doesn't acknowledge that the attitude she had at the top of the episode was a shitty attitude to have. Mm-hmm. And the next scene is her trying to un- trying to dig up her shoes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't we don't get Fran going, you know what, I was wrong, Which, I'm sorry. And I don't think that we're going to have, because it's yeah. really something where, because Fran is our POV character, mm. and like that's who we're supposed to be rooting for, I don't think that we're going to have a moment where everything stops to yeah. like, and here's how Fran is wrong. Yeah. But... I, I do think allowing that space to kind of frame it, which is, it's a good thing for me, again, as someone like, I've been in therapy. I don't have, I have a lot of mental health problems. I have a lot of clinical things. And it's not great watching something and having a character that you relate to and like a lot spend an episode mocking you. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> but like, but giving that space of like, well, she can be wrong. Yeah. 
And I, so it it allow like allowing something for that is like that's why like we haven't talked about how we thought about this episode, but I can go ahead into it. Yeah, I really like this episode, but it's a hard like it's still one of the like the first time that I had like watched it when we were watching it. Like you kind of spend the entire time like white knuckling, like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna yeah. do? How are you handling this nineties? Yeah, <laughs> and so nineties yeah. nineties did good. Yeah, I, I think in, in by ninety standards, I do think it did good. In the end, I do like this episode. I think I would like it more if the show hadn't offered that tacit agreement with Fran's perspective by having Cece be the person who was, you know, who encouraged the therapy in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's the language of the show telling us this is bad. Yeah, but I do think I do. And it's, it is kind of a weird because again, like you, I don't think that the script was meant to put together that like, oh hey, Cece did a good thing. Cece did a good. Cece doesn't do good things. Cece yeah. did a good thing though. Because even outside of the 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 structure of the show that has been established by this point of Cece being kind of self involved and not very caring and thoughtful and generally being wrong, even if you remove the six previous episodes of CC's behavior and everything we learn after this episode of the, you know, the next, you know, five and a half seasons of show, you have CC being an absolute shit to that designer on the phone, which immediately sets the character up as this is an unlikable person who says and does the wrong thing. Yes. Yeah. And they do the joke about uh, Fran asking her of like, Oh, when you watch Bambi and the mom died, was that sad for you? Which yeah. I do think is very, like in Cece's response. Oh, so cause good. She, Cause she knows that Fran is mocking her and it's like, just leans in and be like, yeah. Question. When they shot Bambi's mother, did you find that a sad moment? <laughs> At all. I'm sure she's mounted on a nice wall in a fine home somewhere. It's a lovely decoration. It's such it's such a great great character moment, and it 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 does for me. It does feel it's a shame that it is in in service of like the language of the show saying. I do think I do think it kind of pulls it up by the end. I would have I think what I would have liked I would have yeah, liked Yeah, if, if it's very much it takes yeah. a, like just no and then it just and then it just like picks up at that end and yeah. then it's like I love it but it's like okay but I love it because you were nose diving for a really long time. Yeah. Do you know what it felt like to me? It felt like the first time I saw Doctor Strange. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show but I I am disabled. I have fibromyalgia. I have a chronic illness. And when Doctor Strange has his car accident and they do the surgery in his hands and he doesn't have the dexterity again and he's looking into options and solutions and then he decides, I'm going to go find magic. And I spent 30 to thirty minutes sitting in my chair in the theatre thinking, they're going to fucking cure his disability with magic. They're going to do that. I'm so, I'm just, I was so angry because of where they were going. And in the end, they kind of go in a different direction. I mean, he, 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 he learns a new skill through magic. It doesn't cure like he's not doing yeah. surgery again he 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 finds something new to be because of his disability which i i like i really yeah. like that but it was that feeling of sitting in the theater and and thinking they're gonna fucking cure his disability with magic and i'm so i'm i was preemptively angry about where i thought it was going yeah and i think that that kind of applies for this episode as well because i've this is one of the episodes that I haven't seen with you. It's an episode that I've been in the room while you've watched it, but I haven't like processed what was happening on the screen. Like I remember the the Imogene being eaten scene, but all of the stuff with the therapy before and after was not stuff that I'd really 
process before. So I did watch this thinking, you're going to be so fucking 90s about this. You are going to shit all over therapy and it's going to end with Gracie being pulled out of therapy and it's going to be bad. And I'm very happy with the conclusion that the show came yeah. to. But that first eight minutes was difficult. It yeah. was very difficult. And it, I, I was not happy. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like pretend that I was anything other than very, very frustrated with what mm-hmm. the show was doing. Not that I wanted to hold it to a 21st century, like a 2021 standard, but as we've already said, I think it did a better job talking about mental health than virtually any other sitcom I can think of from the 90s. I think. I mean, uh, most sitcoms that I can think of today, I don't yeah. think had would have this good thing. Yeah, I think that. I think that. I don't think the back end of the episode forgives the front end, but I think that the back end is much more nuanced and thoughtful than both the front end of the episode. To me, it makes me think of like, was this script written by two different writers and then glued together in the middle? Probably not, but but also it's more nuanced and thoughtful. Like most of that therapy scene, until Gracie comes in and is making jokes about how Imogene was beginning to annoy her, and the stuff about the cookie, like, most of that is, like, very earnest and personable and almost like sitting in on someone's therapy session. Yeah. In a way that I really liked. In a way that, again, doesn't undo how I feel about the beginning of the episode, but it elevates the the whole thing for me. Mm-hmm. I've spent 50,000 years talking about this, so I do <laughs> apologize. I'm kind of working working through my feelings about yeah. it now, talking about it. But yeah, I liked it. I, w- I wish I liked it more than I did but I think that for what it what will, it did also, so the the end of the bit so they go to therapy yes. and then uh, Fran digs up her shoes uh, Niles yep. helps and then the as the credits crawl Maggie is playing heart and soul she's doing a beautiful job fantastic performance and then at the very end she messes up a note and then just the sad as she just quietly just starts over <laughs> again the thing I love about the the Maggie stuff is that Nicole Tom, who plays uh, Maggie, is very clearly like pantomiming at playing the piano. And it's, in fairness, doing a very, very good job of it. She's clearly having a lot of fun. But she's also very clearly not playing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. It sells the bit. And if anything, I mean, like just the... Because A plot is uh, Gracie's whole thing. And then B yeah. plot of Maggie learning uh, this stuff. If anything, if I wanted to get, I don't think that this was intentional, but um, could make a good metaphor about like what therapy is yeah. of like you struggle a lot and you make everyone suffer, um, and then you <laughs> gradually get better. But it's not, it's never, never a hundred. You might make that that little like, oh no, I hit the wrong yeah. note, and then you just gotta pick it back up again. Yeah, you get knocked down, you get back up again. You ain't never gonna. You Keep. can't. You can't say another word. We're going to get sued. We're going to get. We've been using clips from any number of TV <laughs> shows. I'm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop a line from a Beatles song right here. Don't. Ah, Imogene. There it is. Now we. In order for it to be fair, we do have to critique it. What did you think of that Beatles song? Um, it's amazing that bugs are able to sound that loud. <laughs> I'm not actually going to put a Beatles clip in because that joke is that joke is too good and I can't it can't be done. Let's talk about fashion. Um, let's talk specifically about uh, Fran's 
amazing blazer in that final scene in the therapy office. Oh, yes. The it's got fr- fruit which, which you do see in um, the My Fair Lady episode. Yeah. They, when they're going through the closet. It's and one of the items the, in her closet. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the outfits that they show. Um, but it is a checkered outfit. It has a grapefruit on one, which is like pre-emojis, pre-that meaning <laughs> something. She's ahead of the curve. Um, what fruit is it? Eggplant. Eggplant. I thought you said grapefruit. I might have said grapefruit. I mean eggplant. <laughs> what is it, in, in the UK, grapefruits are called aubergines. Do you say grapefruits are called aubergines? Let me start eggplant. that sentence again. In the UK. Oh, let me start the sentence it's again. The, we're talking about the penis plant. The one that the is The eggplant. A, in the UK, eggplant. She has a penis emoji. Yeah. On, on, and they're called aubergines in the UK. Any questions? A, a penis emoji on one side, a broccoli. What is what is What does the broccoli emoji mean in the sex terms? Or I feel like that would be a drug thing. Are broccoli's drug things? Broccoli's weed. It's 420 yeah. blazer. Yeah, it's a I feel like that's it's a, a blazer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So just... just she got something red on there as well. Is it a tomato or... I think so. Uh, I think she had a carrot on one of her sleeves. Well, we all know what carrots are. Yeah. That's what I was saying. That's pegging. Fucking filthy. <laughs> she, she's wearing her sex blazer into the children's <laughs> therapist's office. It's such a great blazer. And it's also like they use it in service of a bit of her... like connecting that her shoes got buried and those are the only shoes that went with that blazer. Did they? Did they? I mean, I feel like the shoes that she went because she was also wearing purple shoes and she mm. had a purple bag to go with the yeah. with the eggplant. Because you can't have her in a mismatched outfit because she has to pop. Yeah. Yeah. What are we watching next time? Next time, we have a Christmas episode. Ooh, what is the title of the Christmas episode? Christmas episode. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> someone named. isn't being paid enough in the writer's room. It's Christmas, but Maxwell has to be out of town for the holiday. Meanwhile, Fran has written bad checks for her gifts to the children, mistakenly counting on getting a big Christmas bonus. I remember this one. Yeah. This is a... Gift of the Magi situation, almost <laughs> a little bit. It's it's an enjoyable episode. I look forward it's to discussing. Gift, it with gift you. of the Magi, but one of them is stupid rich, so it's not really <laughs> Gift of the Magi. I still think my favorite Gift of the Magi joke in any show is the Futurama one, where everyone has sold their hair to buy a set of combs <laughs> until it gets to Zoidberg, and he gets a set of combs. He's like, "Oh, great! This will go fabulous when you hair." And he's got an array of hair from everyone else's head, which is the only time in the show that Zoidberg is implied to have any money. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great fantastic well thank you so much for listening to this episode of out on her fanny a podcast about the nanny if you enjoy the show uh do please consider reviewing us on apple Podcasts or on other pa- podcasting platforms. yeah we just signed up on pod chaser which is pod something chaser? that um you don't have to because uh, i'm personally not an apple itunes person you're so not an like, apple yeah i am not a fruit uh- <laughs> i wouldn't go that far <laughs> we're both very queer <laughs> true um but I was looking for something that like you could review a podcast without necessarily having to be an Apple person. So that is an option. Yeah, leave us a review. Uh, do feel free to talk about us on the social medias if you want to promote us to your friends, talk about the show generally. Little podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth, and we would appreciate living on yours. Mandy, where can people find you on the media's social? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mandy Quesadilla. And what about you? You can find me, I'm at Ben Padden, on Twitter, 
Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find the podcast. We are out on her fanny on Instagram and Twitter, I believe, and Facebook, right? Yes. The, yes. the Facebook, I'm still trying to get the name, but it keeps on glitching and it won't give me, it won't let me do an at name. Facebook's um, dumb. Yeah, but if you just search out on her fanny, you'll yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, and then our website is oofcast, O-O-H-F, cast because we are afraid of putting the word fanny <laughs> in a website url and if you're wondering Google why SEO. if you're wondering why uh, it's our sign off it's literally our sign off on yes. the podcast benjamin do you want to plug another thing of yours yeah i do if people I... love hearing your wonderful english accent and maybe want to hear some other people who don't have english accents yeah if this is the first time you're hearing my voice you might appreciate it hearing it elsewhere i am the gm or game master for a Doctor Who role-playing game podcast called The Game of Rassilon. We are making our own Doctor Who adventures using the framework of the Doctor Who role-playing game by Cubicle 7. If you are a Doctor Who fan, if you are a tabletop RPG fan, if you're a fan of science fiction, um, or if you just want to hear my voice some more, uh, you can find that by searching for The Game of Rassilon or Doctor Who role-playing game in your podcasting apparatus of preference. And I know I know you just heard wrestling. Um it's not it's not wrestling. It's wrestling. It's not wrestling. I it was also very sad to hear this. Yeah. Well we might do something with that. I found a wrestling RPG. Yeah. So we, I'm gonna be buying that. But uh, if you wanna find us uh, the website for that nice and easy, adventures in time and dot space. You don't have to know any niche sci-fi words like wrestling to find that URL. And then from there you can subscribe uh, to, on all of the uh, podcasting platforms you want or you can just search for Doctor Who role-playing game in your po- podcasting app other than that thank you very much for listening to this thank episode you. of Out on Her Fanny a podcast about the nanny I have been Ben and I've been Mandy and yes we, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina, Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be taking a break next week, so the next episode will be in two weeks. See you then. Or you'll listen to us. There. Just the, the Grand Geek Gathering jingle. Grand there we go. Gathering. <laughs>